You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. Thank you so much. Actually, Beck, you can stay right here for a moment. Come on, Pierre. Yeah. Great girl. Well, it's lovely to be here with you all. And um, obviously, Steve's back at, um, at, at the central campus. And, um, and Darren's in bed because he's unwell. But uh, what us girls are here representing the team. And um, what I'd really love to do is pray for your lovely campus pastor, Beck, and we'll pretend Darren's beside her. And, um, you know, we, with the uh, marriage um, retreat that we were at in the last couple of days has been so fun. And uh, Ser- Serena and to you, <laughs> I, I know their names, but uh, yeah, we had so much fun, didn't we, guys? Yeah, yeah it, was a, it was a lot of good fun. And, um, you know, we, we end up praying over each of the couples, but we didn't get to pray for you guys because we said we're going to save it for Sunday morning. And, you know, like Beck, I'm watching Beck. I've watched her from afar and, you know, we've overseen um, you guys for a little bit way back. And they were young and um, they say they were green. But I tell you what, they were brave and courageous and stepping up. And, um, you know, I look at Beck and I just see a very real, a very authentic, oh, She's like a daughter. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so proud of you guys. I feel really proud. It's a funny thing. And I know Pastor Janet, and I really want to honour Janet um, here today. She's come along. And Pastor Keith and Janet, as your senior pastors, are extraordinary people and have done the journey. And we've really enjoyed the friendship and the journey with you. And uh, I know that, uh, you know, you guys love these guys and vice versa and it's so important isn't it that um, we can honour leaders and um, Darren and Beck have been exceptional in that you know there was a time they just thought oh my gosh let's just (laughs) let's just pull back It's, it's just not happening but they've been very courageous and they've stepped up and there's a real humility on them and um I see that there's an incredible empowering on you guys Oh, I didn't think I'd get so emotional. But I really see that you are very releasing. And I see that these uh, days are nothing compared to what God has for you. Oh, I feel <laughs> feeling it and, um, oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> see, I feel like a, I feel like your daughter, this daughter. But right now, I'm going to pray. Let's pray for this, this couple and... Um, Let me just take a deep breath. Okay, let's pray for them right now. Thank you, Lord. Father God, I thank you for Darren and Beck. Lord, I thank you for their children, their four beautiful children. Thank you for the blessing that they are to them. And Lord, for their household. Lord God, we thank you that there is such an anointing and a protection over their household. Lord, we thank you, Father God, that even that Psalm 103 that you... um, that, that was read out earlier. I thank you, Lord God, that, um, that they will see their children's children, Lord, serving you in the house. I thank you, God, that in their latter days, Lord, as they grow older together, Lord, that they will know, Lord, the blessings of God and the, re- the reward of serving you faithfully all their days. Lord, I pray, Father God, Lord, that they will see growth, Lord, that they will experience revival, Father, I pray that they will see hearts coming to Jesus, encountering you, Lord God. Father, in the cafes, Lord, on the streets, Lord, in the young mums groups. Father, God, we pray in connect groups. Father, we pray, Lord God, for every point of community inroad and connection. Lord, I thank you, God, that there will be people coming to Christ. Lord, I really see on you a real mantle of leading people, of releasing people, of empowering leaders. I thank you, God, for all that you're doing in and through their lives. I pray, Lord God, that their marriage will be uh, stronger and better. Lord, through every dark valley that they may 
seemingly walk through, Lord, I pray that their focus is the mountain. I pray that, Jesus, that you are center of all that they do. And I thank you, Father, Lord, that they will climb. Lord, that they will walk through. God, that they will see your light and love come through. We thank you, Father, for them and your blessings upon them. And this here church, we thank you, Jesus, for this campus and everyone involved. We thank you, God, that there will be multiplication. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yeah, give back a hand. She's a good, a good, good woman. So, um, yeah, well, I'm just going to open my old, old-fashioned. Now, don't laugh at me. It's a big one. I know. It's... <laughs> It's like, oh, but you know, my eyesight, it, it, you know, it's very kind on the eyes because it's all big, <laughs> put on big print and everything. But uh, yeah, isn't, isn't God great? Isn't it wonderful that the purpose of coming together is so that God can come and meet with us? And uh, I love that God's word is open to us and he watches over his word to perform it. He's faithful. He has covenant with us that we were singing before, you know, the marriage, like, we, we are his bride, and, um, and he, he absolutely loves and adores us. I think we've got a few photos, some family photos up there. I, I hope I don't bore you too much, but this is our great family. The funny thing was, we didn't realise, but we were all really colour-coordinated. <laughs> so I love that, I love that, um, uh, that little clip before, how wonderful was that with... Uh, the engagement. Oh, we're not in the right spot. We're going to move here. It's so today, isn't it? But uh, yeah, this is our family and you can keep rolling them if you want so we don't bore you too much. These are our gorgeous grandkids. That's our eldest grandson, Isaiah. And uh, he's Isaiah and then Frankie in the little blue dress. And then we've got uh, Hunter. He, they're, our, they're, they're the three that belong to our daughter. Our daughter is our eldest, Christy, and she's married to another Steve. So it makes it confusing in the household. There's Steve. And, uh, and, and this is up in Kingscliff where we're, we're babysitting them. And Christy and Steve just had a little bit of time away before they came back into January for, um, to start. The, Steve and Christy have taken over the senior ministry of uh, C3 Kingscliff, which we planted 25 years ago. And we grew it to a 500-plus church on the regional beautiful um, coast of northern New South Wales and it was very hard to leave there, it was very hard to leave family but we couldn't shake the call of what we'd been asked um, to do and, and that was to go down to uh, C3 Monash and look after a situation there, a great church that had had you know, a lot of pain and, um, and we have seen God restore marriages and restore people you know, back into a, a, a church community. It's my daughter Christy that was just at Every Woman so we, uh, we miss each other. We love time together. Uh, she's a very high sanguine person like myself. So we're always almost too busy for each other, but we really love ha hanging together. We both don't like missing out on too much. It's Caleb and Pip. Caleb's our, our second son, and that's his wife. They're in the UK at the moment. And uh, they wanted to see 30 countries before they were 30, and I think they've just about achieved that. So um, they are doing... They've done university over there and... and um, She's teaching and he's uh, working for GE. They've got great jobs, doing really well. And this is all the family together, which is a very, very rare occasion um, in Canberra. And we did a family couch time in Canberra so that our church family, because we have no context of family in our church in Canberra, and so we did a bit of a couch time on the stage uh, so we could introduce our family to our church, new church family and we had a lot of fun, but um, yeah, they're crazy. The one with the big long legs holding the fluffy dog, black dog, that's our youngest son, Josh. And uh, Josh is one of, he's not in church at the moment. He's, uh, he's on his journey. He loves family and he's, you know, loves doing life with family. But um, yeah, he's, he's just working, working his, out his salvation and, uh, and that's okay. You know, we've got to allow them to find their way in God and I highly you know trust in God that that he'll be back that he'll realize the the impact of church life and Nathan and Sasha are our Nathan's our eldest and he's married to Mark and Bernie Kelsey's daughter I don't know if you know Mark and Bernie Kelsey from Oxford Falls and um and that's their youngest daughter and they've got and Nathan and Sasha got two little girls 
uh, Sailor and Oak, and they're about to have another baby within a couple of weeks. So, so that's our family, and um, you know, I'm I'm so incredibly blessed, thankful to God that um, we have a great family and lovely in-laws, and and that God is so gracious to us. And uh, Steve and I, we um, just recently we did uh, a bit of a, a couch time, just Steve and I doing uh, from this day forward. And that's what I want to entitle the message today is from this day forward. And I love um, a quote that Simon McIntyre, so he's in C3 London. And Simon used to be um, like Phil's right hand man, um, Simon and Helen at the time. And he lost his wife and he's remarried uh, to Val, a lovely lady. He said, you start with romance, you live in an institution and you end up in a friendship. And I absolutely agree on that. You know, 35 years into marriage, I know there's some that have been in marriage longer than that. Some that are maybe heading into marriage. Anyone here engaged and not married yet? No? Okay. So, um, yeah, anyone that would like to be engaged... <laughs> so yeah, uh, it, it's um you know it it's it's so true that um, we start in that romance, and I just want to take you on a bit of a journey. So, you know, it was summer, beautiful, glorious summer day on the thirteenth of January, nineteen eighty-two, and uh, you know there was a young woman who has been surfing and tanned and getting ready, had a bride dress hanging up and uh, had all the girlfriends girlfriends around at a bridal party and they're getting their hair and nails done and having a great time. And um, it was that special day, that wedding day. It was, a, it, was a, it was kind of like a romantic feeling, but it was like, oh, it was, you know, a bit of a numb feeling. Of course, it's, uh, it's me just about to get married and... Um, and my brother, who's on the bridal party, races up our driveway, uh, puts a letter on the, slams a letter on the table. Hey, this is from Steve. And, um, and so I'm thinking, oh, what's he giving me a letter for? So I hope he hasn't got cold feet or anything. You know, like <laughs> so I'm opening this letter and I start to read it. And it says on the card, Ephesians 5.20, it says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave his life for it. My dear Deb, on this day, our wedding day, so long in coming but so quick in passing, the above verse is my wedding pledge with the va these vows that I would give, you, um, give, give my all to you and Christ always. All my love, Steve. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> you know, this is a commitment. And uh, isn't it amazing? We don't really understand the full fullness of commitment and covenant until we start walking together in, in, a, um, in a married life. And, uh, you know, just fast forward the, a little bit. We, you know, I get to the church and get out of the car. All the photos are happening. And, you know, we're moving the, the veil. And, and uh, the, I did have a bit of a train. And um, not, not too long. I didn't want, you know, everyone treading on you and falling over. So, um, you know, I, I, I start walking down the aisle and, you know, here I see this incredibly cool, handsome-looking man with his really scruffy, curly, blonde head. Been in the surf that morning, didn't even have a shower. <laughs> but he was suited up. He looked really cool. He looked great. And, um, or maybe he had a shower, but he didn't, just didn't wash his hair because he, you know, he just wanted the surf look. And, uh, you know, we were young and he had those bright blue eyes just looking at me as I walked down that aisle. And as I walked closer to him, toward him, I thought, yeah, I'm doing the right thing here. And we grabbed each other's hand, you know, and we, and we looked at each other. And as it went by, we, uh, you know, the vows came up. It was time to say our vows together. And, um, you know, I started to realise that if our ability to say yes to God is to have an implicit trust in him and knowing that God is right into covenant relationships, his idea, and um, will do anything to protect us. I know that my vows, you know, towards Steve, that when I say I do, that I need to have implicit trust in him 
And it was something that I just thought, oh my gosh, this is, this is, this is a commitment here, you know. And uh, we start saying the vows and Steve says his part and then I go, I, Deb, in the presence of God, take you, Steve, to be my husband, to have and to hold from this day forward, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish as long as we both shall live. This is my solemn vow and promise. Ephesians 5, 29-33 reads this. No one abuses his own body, does he? Well, some may do. But here's the thing. No one, um, he feeds and pampers it. That's how Christ treats us, the church, since we are part of his body. And this is why a man leaves his father and his mother and cherishes his wife. No longer two, they become one flesh. This is a huge uh, mystery, and I don't pretend to understand it all, says Paul. What is, the clearest, um, what is clearest to me is the way Christ treats the church, and this provides a good picture of how each husband is to treat his wife, loving himself and loving her, and how each wife is to honour her husband. It's incredible that... You know, we say vows and we don't really necessarily understand what that implicit trust is until we hit our first moment of, am I going to trust him? Do you know where my first moment was? Our honeymoon. So we arrive at our honeymoon and we, you know, we go to our lovely little suite and uh, next minute along comes this gorgeous young woman and her husband who've just been married too, and um, she just says her name, and Steve goes, no way, you're the woman on the end of the phone call that I ring, because he was working for Westfields at the time, she worked for Westfields on the other side of Australia, and it's like, we just got married too, you know, and they're talking away, and I'm going, oh my goodness, really? Anyway, well, that was fine, that was fine, we said hi, you know, and started talking to each other. Next minute, you know, um, we're, we're having dinner with them. <laughs> That's all good. That's fine. Next day, you know, we're down at the beach and they're out windsurfing. And Steve's like, cool, let's go windsurfing. Anyway, I was just not in the mood to go windsurfing. And it was just one thing after another. Here's this couple on our honeymoon that was starting to in intrude in. This is our honeymoon, not ours altogether. <laughs> And um, it was just this thing that one night, you know, they wanted to play a game of cards and I was really tired. We've been swimming in sun all day and I just thought, oh, honestly, no. So I, I hang back at, at the room and um, the thoughts started going through my head. You know how we just, there's assumptions and we start thinking things out of order and <laughs> we start going, you know, and, and oh, it was just crazy. Steve comes back in the room and I go, so, how did the game of cards go? <laughs> you know, and he goes, I was fine. And I said, so, are they more important to you or am I more important to you? And it was just a crazy moment. And we just sat and we talked. And, you know, that was a real, t it's a testing moment for you at times. And was I prepared to have the conversation you know, it's, it's so important that we have conversations with one another. We can let things build inside of us and not have the conversations and think, oh, I'm being really silly here. Oh, this is crazy. But never feel like you're too silly. Never feel like it's not worth having the conversation because it is. And I just believe that because sometimes there can be something happening and they're the moments that you go, if I don't talk about this now and the way I feel... I don't know what's going to happen. So in that moment, so we, you know, we've, um, we've really enjoyed our journey of marriage together and Steve has been incredibly um, wise and, and faithful man and uh, he's, we're both very different in personality so we can really frustrate each other at times. But he's very good at switching off, so I'm very good at talking. So I can talk and think, oh, that's great, and then <laughs> just pour it all out, and he can switch off. Anyway, anyone else know that feeling? Yeah, it's, it's a wonderful thing. Okay, one of the books that we've really encouraged, uh, where Steve and I run mentoring groups for some young marrieds and young people, and one of the books that we were studying was The Meaning of Marriage by Tim Keller. 
And uh, he talks about facing the complexities of marriage with wisdom, the wisdom of God. And uh, a couple of the points, I just want to pull them out at the moment. He says, single people today need a brutally realistic yet glorious vision of what marriage is and can be. You know, the thing is that marriage is definitely God's idea and it is the bedrock of society. And I think that, you know, if whatever is of God and is a good thing, the enemy is always going to want to bring a conflict or an attack, anything he can do to bring division. And, um, I, you know, we see that today, don't we, that there are just so many homes that are broken, this mistrust. Um, and, you know, it says the Bible begins with a wedding of Adam and Eve and ends in the book of Revelation with a wedding of Christ and the church. Marriage is definitely God, God's idea. We're created unashamed. It's an amazing, in the, in the beginning, naked, naked before God. We are created unashamed. But it's actually um, disobedience that causes us to hide our nakedness. And that, you know, one day we will be gloriously, we are gloriously unashamed. When we meet Christ, who really, you know, uh, who, who loves us, his pure love, um, it's, it's one of those things where he will search our heart for the things of shame. He says, don't hide these things but bear them, and we need to bear that before one another. Um, Marriage is instituted by God and regulated by his commandments and blessed by our Lord Jesus Christ. Right now, I just want to pray right now. Father, we just thank you, Lord God, that marriage is instituted by you. Lord God, that you have given us your word to give us direction and guidance. And I thank you, Lord God, that um, your word never grows old on us. Your word is um, it's everlasting. And your word is proof of many, many marriages over the centuries. Lord God, of, of um, steadfastness and, and just a glorious relationship. I thank you, Father God, for every marriage here in this, in this company of people. And Father, I pray that there would be blessing upon each marriage. Lord, where there is pain in marriage, I pray that you would bring healing. Lord, where there have been secrets, I pray, God, that there'd be courage to bring forth the secrets. I pray, God, that where there's been difficult times, Lord, that, that each marriage would be ready and, and determined to fight for what they already have. God, I pray your blessing and your anointing on each and every person and each family that's represented here. And I thank you for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Just, I just want to go over 10 things that... Um, how long have I got to go? So 20 minutes. Oh, gosh, good. All right. So I just want to look at um, 10 things that uh, Steve and I found have strengthened um, and have brought health to our marriage. And look, these are a lot of these things that you will have heard before. Um, but I, I really believe that here this morning, there's going to be some, God's already prompting some of your hearts. And I don't know about you, but I always want a better marriage. Um, I, 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 I know and I so believe that if mum and dad are in a healthy relationship, then your kids are going to prosper. Your kids are going to do well. I see too often, um, you know, kids struggling because they just want to see mum and dad loving each other. They want to see some affection in the house. They want to see a good argument that's resolved. They want to see, they want to know how, to, how do we deal with some of this stuff. And I think if we're, if, if we're not doing that, then I, I think we, we need to look at why. Because our kids need to see the health of relationship. And, um, you know, we can, what you start in your home will impact your community. And there's no doubt about it. I have seen so many people come and kids come into our homes because they feel safe. And I know it's the same of you guys too, that kids will come into your homes uh, because it's safe. And and that's what we want to create in society and we want to encourage, especially many young couples 
to, uh, to realise what they do have and to fight for it with all they've got. Um, okay, so the first thing is spend time with each other. That, that is a key. You need to spend time. If you're married, you actually need to spend time with each other. Now, I know some of you, which I was talking to, is it Priscilla? Priscilla? Yeah, Priscilla. And your husband, is that your husband next to you? What's your name? Josh. Priscilla and Josh. What a great young couple here. And you've got a little girl. And you're in the Defence Force, yes? And, uh, you know, there's times you're away, right? And, and times you're apart. And there's going to be ones, different ones of us that are going to be apart for a certain amount of time. I remember when Steve went on a mission trip, I just had our first child. But we didn't have phones, we didn't have, we didn't have Skype, we didn't have FaceTime. You couldn't even send a letter. It was pointless because it would take three months to get there. He was over in Thailand relocating a, a church and a hospital uh, over near the River Kwai. And I was at home with our baby number one. And it was just like, I didn't see him for about three months. And it was a very strange, very, very strange thing. And, um, but, you know, sometimes we're separated for a period of time, but other times we're not. But we've got to put those moments of, of time together in. It's, it's vital. It's a priority. And um, we need the quality time. Sometimes when you've got smaller kids, it's hard to find that time. But even if you get them in school, it's like, let's, if we can, let's get away for a lunch break, you know, and just have some time together. It's funny that for Steve and I, every couple's different, but for Steve and I, when we try and organise this organised time to get together and then let's talk about these ten things, it kind of doesn't happen. I'm, I'm not a lines and rules person and he's not either. So for us, it doesn't, it doesn't work. But for Pastor John and Danielle Pierce, I know that they love to organise themselves and go, we're going on a date at this time, put it in our calendars and we're going to talk about these four things. And it's like, wow, does that work for you? And they go, yeah, it does. It's fantastic. I thought, wow, each, each couple has something different that they've got to do. So You've got to work out for you what is your family, what's best for you. So when you're married, you're a family and then the kids come on board. And that's what we've learned along the way, that if we're good together, then it's going to impact our kids. We don't want to be child-centred. We don't want it to be all about our kids, um, you know, because otherwise what we do is we put all the effort into our kids and when we're empty nesters, like, who are you? What are you doing here? We've got to continue to love on each other. Holidays are so important in our, in our married life, putting holidays uh, for us as a couple, um, even if it's one night away. Or it was, um, you know, holidays for our family. So we'd always put two weeks on the calendar. I mean, there was one year probably it got missed and we didn't get a holiday. But that was a really silly thing for us to do that year because we were so ready for a holiday. I'm sure you all guys put holidays in your calendars. Uh, another thing that we'd found was that our couch time was really important. So we just said, when we come home uh, and get together, we sit on the couch and we have a quick conversation, 10 minutes. So the kids actually see where we're talking to each other. And if kids want our time, it's like, your time's coming. Just give Dad and I a few minutes and we'll be right. Um, that's not always easy to do, but it was something that we found was a discipline that we like to put in place for a season of our life. The second thing is learn to negotiate conflict, um, a normal part of relationship. In Ephesians 4, 25, 27, see I'm reading out of the Message Bible and it says, um, what this adds up to then is this, no more lies, no more pretense, tell your neighbour the truth. In Christ's body, we're all connected to each other after all. When you lie to others, you end up lying to yourself. Go ahead and be angry. You do well to be angry, but don't use your anger as fuel to re for revenge. And don't stay angry. Don't go to bed angry and don't give the devil that kind of foothold in your life. Ever been to bed and you haven't resolved something and you kind of kick the blanket and you... And sometimes it's like... Um, you know, things are happening or I'm just thinking, gee, or, or, or I'm thinking he wants sex and I might, I'm so tired or something's going on. It's like there's this, there's this se sense of conflict and tension and it's like, oh my gosh, we've got to 
you know, we've got to do something about this. And look, it never feels great when there's tension in the house. It never feels great when there's an unresolved conflict. So it's very important that, um, that we take time to go, listen, we've got to talk, which is what I mentioned earlier. Um, I think it's important to use I statements. So instead of using you statements, you did this to me, or you always do this, or you never come through on this, really avoid those, those, um, those statements and just say, look, I'm, I'm feeling pretty upset by what was said the other day. Was there any reason that you said that to me? Have I done something that's caused you to say that? And I think if we can get into conversations are vital, the way we talk to one another and also the way we, you know, w- that we talk to our, our husbands, our wives, our kids, our parents, you know, is very important in how we're, uh, what we're asking for. Understand what issues are there and how to discuss them. Uh, also, ask questions. Seriously, my husband is the best question asker. He's always asking questions, but even if I ask him a question, he answers with a question. So it's like, ah, oh, just give me a... So I have to... So he's been teaching me how to ask good questions. There are always two subjective realities or perspectives, and it's never, it, it's never a matter of who's right or wrong, but of how the two of you can come to an understanding of each other accept responsibility and find your points of compromise so that you can move forward together. It's really important. Guys, don't always feel like you've got to fix things and girls, be specific in what you are asking of your, of your man because sometimes I think a man can put up a wall <laughs> because he thinks what you're wanting to purely just have a conversation or just download or just, just want you to hear me out. I'm not expecting you to fix it. <laughs> well, not immediately anyway. But yeah, I'm not expecting you to fix it. And, and um, you know, again, that's just clarity in our conversations and our, our connections. The fourth thing is learn about yourself first. And I think today we've got a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot more self-awareness around. Uh, in church communities especially, we run all sorts of uh, life groups and, um, you know, training groups you've got this even shape learning about who who your what your gifts are and I think we need to know our gift set we need to know our personality style uh, we need to know uh, our love languages and there's just so many which um, you know I'm sure you guys will know about and it's important to um, know yourself so that you can actually know one another you know this the, the, the scripture that says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind and love your neighbour as yourself. We can only love someone else unless we know how to love ourselves first, unless we understand the value and true worth of God's love for us and his covenant love for us, that implicit, lo- that implicit trust. Uh, the fifth thing is explore intimacy. And this is always an interesting one, isn't it? Intimacy, whoop, don't go there. You know, but intimacy, it doesn't always mean sex too, by the way, guys. I know that's one thing that's often on their mind. But, um, you know, the thing is that intimacy, (laughs) there's emotional intimacy also. And you need the both. The intimacy is important to create a safe place for each other to share openly and honestly without fear of judgment and making light of what is seemingly a big deal. So be careful what you make light of with your partner. But I've got to say, you've still got to have fun. Look, you've got to have fun along the way. You've got to laugh. You've got to... I I think if you can laugh at yourself, you're doing well. Because I can tell you, when when kids come along, they're going to laugh at you anyway. So... (laughs) And they'll they'll take the mickey out of you. So, yeah, just have fun, lighten up, enjoy it. But in those intimate moments, you know, there are some, for some, you know, that have come out of a family origin or there's been sexual abuse or there's been things that have gone down in life that have really traumatised you, that has violated your trust, then I think it's knowing how do we walk through this together because there is light at the end of the tunnel. There is hope. There is healing. There is repair. And, um, and God is into healing the broken and healing the wounded, and seeing us come through whole. So never never pull away from something that you know uh, you can make an effort to see come improve. 
Communicate and don't neglect uh, either emotional or physical intimacy. It is vital that we are very aware of one another's needs and understanding the wiring of the male and the female. Number six is to explore common interests and we need to move through very quickly. Uh, explore common interests, so um, support individual interests I think is very important. Um, I know that I'm doing an art class. Um, I've just decided I want to go out and do something that is for me. And, um, and Steve's doing, he's, he's out there playing tennis and we, you know, we, there's things that we need to do for, for ourselves. Um, we need soul, that, that deep soul <laughs> healing and we need to fill our tank, right? And uh, do yourself a favour and be kind to yourself. Release each other to do that but also find some common interests to do together, you know, whether it's music, outdoors, walking, sport, cafes, movies, I don't know, whatever you might find. Andy Stanley says, learn to say no for now, not forever. It depends on what season of life you're walking through with family, whether you've got very young family. There are some things you may need to say no to. Guys, you may, may want to do uh, two different sports in a week, but really the timing is like, let's just choose one for now. Um, and let's look at what, we, you know, or, or girls, you know, there's a lot that you're doing with, with friends or with kids or... You know, you, you just got to work those things out and uh, learn to say no for now but not forever. Um, number seven is create a spiritual connection. The, uh, Ecclesiastes 4 verse 12 says, a, th a threefold cord is not easily broken. If Christ is centre of our relationship, if he is our focus, then our, and our marriage is, is built around... Um, loving him, serving him, drawing from him. Work out your values as a husband and wife because we're going to bring different family of origin values into a relationship and it takes a while to tussle and wrestle that into place. But what's your values? Because you don't, in a marriage, want to be unequally yoked. It talks about don't be unequally yoked before you get married. Think about that. But also in a marriage, I think it's come to that agreement of what are our values because once kids come in, you actually want to be in agreement. You don't want to be uh, at, at odds with one another. You've got to work out what are our values. We're like, we're the whites and this is how we do life together. You know, and if but that family, they're watching M videos and, you know, they're allowed to do that or um, adult video. And it's like, yeah, but you're only like 14. Come on. Like, you're not ready to watch them yet. They might do it that way, but this is our family. This is the way you do it. Look, honestly, hold on to, you know, those boundaries are, are vital. And today I think it must be so much harder with the social media that's around and just the, you know, everything that comes in on you as a family. But look, hold your ground. Um, you know, put those boundaries in place and be consistent in that as much as you possibly can and be in agreement. Okay, and eight is improve your communication skills. Well, we talked a little bit about that before. Don't make assumptions look, that's my bad sometimes. I can assume something's happening or being the thoughts, but I need to actually ask the questions. Ask open-ended questions. Relax and take time with each other. Honestly, don't just, well, you don't understand that I'm out of here. You know, as Janet talked once before, she's like, just slam the door when we walk out. And, and then you realise, no, look, let's just take time. Let's take some breathing, you know, room and uh, use the positive emotions, not being negative. Uh, you know, make it safe for one another. Um, get people around your world. You know, we have blind spots even in our marriage sometimes. I love having friends in my world, mentors, encouragers, get resourced, um, do all those things that are going to help you. Get professional counselling if you need to. It's actually a strength to do that, not a weakness. And I know, you know, sometimes the, the men can struggle with that, but, um, but I'm not, you know, no gender <laughs> role thing here. It's Either of us can struggle with going, well, should I see a professional? But that looks like we're really bad. Who cares? I tell you what, I'd rather, I'd rather have a, a, an intimacy over perfection. You know, I've seen too many marriages come crumbling down because they look like the perfect marriage, the perfect family. The grass always looks greener. But we've got to water the area that we're in so that we see fruit, we see growth, we see, we see the proof of God moving in our lives Number nine, forgive each other from this day forward. Um, be quick to apologise and quick to forgive. Um, we really hit our time. Number ten was look for the best in each other. 
that is so important to see, to look for the best in each other. Even if you feel like your partner, you just feel like, I'm feeling like a bit raw and you're not noticing me and you're not, you know, saying much here. I go, move in an opposite spirit. Move in an opposite spirit and start just, you know, honouring, saying the things that you need to say. Look for the best in your partner, even if you're not getting it yourself. Because I really believe, you know, Steve and I say, let's move in an opposite spirit. If something's coming against us, let's, let's go, I'm not going to let this take me out. I'm not going to let it rob my thinking. And, um, you know, we are, we are here to, to support one another, to fight for our marriages. The qualities that you fell in love with may, may have changed your view of, of your partner. But create a list of all the good things that you love about your partner. It's a great exercise and, and say them. You know, in the marriage uh, retreat uh, yesterday, we uh, gave a couple of people some poems, some romantic poems to read out. We thought, this will be fun. But you know what? It's actually very powerful. It was very powerful because as soon as words come from our mouth, what we say over someone has a huge impact whether you're in a game, whether you've been handed something to read out, it's like, oh my gosh, you have an emotional, there's a soul connection. It, you know, when you set yourself, you're intentional on making it work and, and you, you move in that direction, I tell you what, God gets on it and God will move on it. The power of our words is, is very important and we need to be very aware of what we're saying because we can very much hurt each other. And uh, when we hurt each other, it's like, I'm so sorry. I really didn't mean that. I've even said to our kids before, I'm so sorry, Mum. I was not in a great, great place to do that. I remember my daughter saying to me as an adult, Mum, I remember when you called me a bitch. And I said, oh, is that all I called you? <laughs> that were you're pretty lucky. But, you know, it was just that moment of, wow, I don't, do you remember that? Like, isn't it amazing the things that we can remember? We can remember the things that, that, hurt us or and she goes I did deserve it I must admit you know but I said oh I'm so sorry I never meant to I thought I had apologized on that and then you know but these are the things that we know that we've got to be so aware of what we're saying to one another and um, you know a great your greatest contribution to society may not be something that you do but someone you raise so be aware of who you raise that's Andy Stanley who says that and, um, you know, every great leader is raised by someone who was, yeah. And so beware of that. To have and to hold from this day forward. What is your from this day forward this morning? You know, I, I don't know. Will you fight for your relationship? Will you fight for your marriage? Fight for your family? If you fight for your marriage, you're fighting for your kids. And um, there may be some of you here that are from a broken relationship. Um, there may be some of you here that are single again. There may be some of you here that have been quite traumatized by um, or violated. Your trust has been violated and it's really hard to trust somebody again. From this day forward, God can really start to bring change in your life. You know, I was thinking of John 8 where the adulterous woman was dragged out into the center of the city and, um, you know, the religious leaders are dragging her out. This is like the church bringing her out to the city for people to see. She, I don't know how much clothing she had, probably not much. She was absolutely, um, from this day forward, her reputation was marked. And in fact, they stoned. If she'd violated the law, they stoned them. And so here, here they are, ready to, you know, picking up stones, ready to, this woman has been in adultery. But where are the men? Where's the guy that was in bed with her? You know, they've pulled her out there. And, and, and they've just started throwing, you know, ready to throw the stones. And Jesus starts to write in the sand. We don't know what he wrote, but it could be all their names. It could be, you know, it could have been their sin. And then he's like, he who's without sin cast the first stone. And, you know, it's so easy for us, isn't it, to look at, to, to look at someone else and to put the blame on someone else or to be ready to judge something. But here's what Jesus said. He, he looked around and he saw that, where are they all? And the woman like looked up and, and he goes, Neither do I condemn you. 
He says, walk away from your lifestyle of sin. Walk away from your lifestyle of sin. And, and she would enter into a place of, my gosh, this is absolute mercy and grace. I've been given another chance, set free. And you know what? I don't know, but I think there might be someone here today who's feeling condemned, who's feeling that they may be under that, that pressure of, you know, gosh, I've, I've, I have done the wrong thing, but, or, or, or I am in a place that, you know, is not good for me or my marriage, or that pulled my marriage apart. God's saying to you today, neither do I condemn you, but walk away. Walk away from that sin. You know, don't, because it, it was brought into the light. I mean, we need to bring things into the light sometimes. It's the hardest thing to do. But if we bring it into the light, we can be sure that God can bring healing. We can be sure that God will redeem us and turn it around. And I just know that, you know, in Christ, there is no condemnation. From this day forward, we walk free in him. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Let's just bow our heads right now. Thank you, Father. Your goodness upon our lives, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father, for every person here. Lord, in this moment, you may be here today and uh, maybe it's your first time, maybe you've been coming and you feel that Christ is not really center of your life and that you have, are here in this place and you're hearing about covenant, you're hearing about marriage covenant, you're hearing about covenant that Christ has over our lives, that he died for us, that he, he removed every debt, he's forgiven us, he's not holding any grudge against us because he loves us. And you might be here today and you go, I need put Christ as center and focus of my life. I need to ask him to come and fill my life. And I want to ask for forgiveness of the way that I've been going. And today, on this day, that you want to make a change, that you want to say, Jesus, I want to do it your way, not mine. If there's anyone here this morning, and that's you in that place, I just want to encourage you just um, to... to just give, me, just give me some kind of indication that that's you. If you want to just lift your hand or just look up at me, that's you today and you want to make a decision for Christ today, then just let me know. That would be great. Anybody here? Thank you, Father. Holy Spirit, move on hearts today. Don't hold back if, if that is you. If you, you're feeling like in that place your heart's beating and you want to come and see me after the service then please do that or maybe you're in a situation from this day forward and you're feeling like I need change I need to make a change in my marriage and I'd love to pray for you as we start to end the service um, and I'd love you to come forward for prayer if that is you please don't hesitate but um, I know that the, the goodness of God is on your lives, on your marriages, and I know that he will, wants to bring great blessing, great reward to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <clears throat> oh, gosh, I'm sorry. How good was that? Such a great word. So I love that you are so practical because I love practical, and I love where you said the goal of marriage is intimacy over per perfection i was thinking about the you know the little video that we watched you know she's after a, it's just got to look perfect <laughs> it didn't have to be an intimate moment it just had to look perfect for the screen it's good to remember for your marriage awesome we're just going to um i just want you just to prepare now if you've um just dropping it on you just trying to find my passage there we go find my Bible app. Um, we're just going to, Pastor Steve and Deb have just done such an incredible work for us over this last few days. They've been at Marriage Retreat. Pastor Steve's over at Central Campus this morning and with Pastor Deb here, just really just giving us some incredible practical keys to, to involve in our own relationships. 
and a whole pile of those really they're not just for your marriage <laughs> they're not just for your marriage there's so much that goes into other relationships if you're if you're not married today but um 1 Timothy 5 says this Elders who do their work well should be respected and paid well, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. The scripture says you must not muzzle an ox to keep it from eating as it treads out the grain. And in another in another place, those who work deserve their pay. And you go, oh, geez, like, just come out and say it. Like, can't you have softened that a little bit? Well, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. You know, it's it's so true that, you know, those who share the word of God with us, they should be blessed, you know, and that, that is, I just put it out there, like it comes in financial blessing. It's, um, there's so much time and energy that goes unseen when you're preparing to bring the word of God. So I just encourage you as the buckets go around, if you need like a, a credit card slip or whatever, you know, you can pay on your push pay apps and if you haven't come prepared for cash today you can put a little you know iou kind of note in there i'm totally fine with that um you can follow that back up again next week or during the week with the office but they're just going to come around now and um just as we close the service i also i missed earlier i'm sorry but if you're new with us today um we would love to catch you after the service. Just hang around and have a coffee with us. Welcome. I can see I see one just there. We just want to pop something in your hand. I think Mon's got something for you. There's chocolates in there, so you don't want to throw it out straight away. Um, so good to have you with us this morning. I hope you enjoyed the service with us. Um, don't forget, Shape is on tonight. Um, that's going to be great. Can I just ask a question, Jono? What age would you say? I know we've had some young people who have mentioned, and when I say young, kind of, you know, 12-ish. Is that too young? For some components of it. So they, perhaps those parents would talk to you afterwards and just... Yeah, yeah. Yep, okay, so if you're in that position of you've got, because the kids have heard about this, and I know there's a few kids that have said, I'd quite like to do that. Just have a chat with Jono after the service. Um, awesome, if you want any more information, you can get it on the website. There's always details on there, or you can call the office. What a great morning. Let's go have coffee. Those things have been around, yep. You are free to have an awesome, awesome week. Have a chat to somebody before you go. Don't just duck straight out. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.